That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in. Thanks to you for supporting the show. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. We also talk about drugs, alcohol, recovery, other random shit, and we have some motherfucking fun in the process. How about that? Now, we've had a lot of great support from many treatment centers lately, uh, from the East Coast to the West Coast, and even all the way out to Hawaii. Um, I just want to say we appreciate you all and the work you're doing. We know that it is a, uh, a tough grind sometimes day in and day out. Uh, so we just want to say thank you uh, for your support of the show. And that there's been some great articles written, um, you know, top podcasts. And it seems uh, Sober Guy is always uh, listed in those. So we, we greatly appreciate that if you have uh, if you've contributed uh, to that support. Uh, now, if you're listening to this and you're in rehab right now, I want to tell you something. If I can do it, you can do it. Uh, God has you there for a reason. And for me, it was because he had a bigger plan for my life. And uh, I'm willing to bet money that he's got a plan for you too. So hang in there, soak in the love, the support, the education. Soak that shit up. Learn about yourself. Uh, be at ease in knowing that there's a whole new life out there in recovery and it's fucking beautiful. And I can't wait for you to experience all that God has once you get home from rehabilitation, the treatment center, the rehab, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I got a dirty, foul mouth today and I just don't care. I'm feeling it. Now we're going to jump right into this uh, in just a minute. We're going to talk about how do you know if you have a problem with alcohol or drugs? But first, before we do that, be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. You can also check us out on Instagram, at RealThatSoberGuy. Give us a follow. And on Twitter, at Shane Raymer. I still don't know how to use Twitter uh, very well. So, you know, it's mainly Instagram, I guess. Twitter, I'm just kind of doing whatever I think is the correct way. But you can find me either way on there. Uh, you can find the shows on there. There's some other links to the, to the website uh, and to the podcast, of course, too. Uh, so be sure to do that once again on Instagram. It's at real that sober guy on Twitter at Shane Raymer and it's that sober uh, Now finding the right treatment for addiction and mental health illness can be tough. That's why sober guys continue to partner with foundations recovery network foundation stays true to their mission. They hold high ethical standards while providing treatment in their nationwide network of residential and outpatient facilities and programs. Uh, foundations has individualized treatment plans and they're focused on creating lifetime relationships for long-term recovery. Now, as part of this vision, they've built the industry's leading research and outcomes program to fulfill each commitment for each patient and most or not most importantly, not more importantly, but just as important and uh, sometimes forgotten the loved ones of the person who's struggling. Uh, and they also meet their personal goals and needs as well. You're going to be taken care of with foundations. I promise that uh, that's why we continue to partner with them to learn more. You can go to foundationshelp.com slash sober guy, or you can call 833-81-SOBER. That's 833 833- Eight one sober. You can talk with an admissions coordinator about your treatment options. They can answer any questions for you. Uh, check them out. Now let's talk about some live shows. We're going to be, and speaking of foundations, we're going to be at the Innovations in Recovery Conference, uh, podcasting live April sixteenth 
through the 19th. That's in just a few weeks uh, from uh, from the date of this recording. That's in San Diego, California at Hotel Del Coronado. It's a fat-ass conference, let me tell you. There is um, a lot of great people there, a lot of good uh, folks in recovery, in the uh, industry of recovery, treatment centers, spreading the good word, gaining more knowledge, connecting, networking, uh, doing some good stuff there. If you're interested in finding more information out about that, you can go to foundationsevents.com. That's foundationsevents.com, and you can find some more info there. Uh, what in the? I just heard someone bumping up. I think it was. I think it was my neighbor, my neighbor Randy. He's usually bumping like Prince super loud when he rolls up. I thought I just heard it for a minute. Anyways, we got some live podcasts coming up at Journey Coffee in Vacaville on April 6th. That's the first one that's coming up just a couple of weeks away. Um, I think, and I haven't officially announced this yet, but the owners of Journey, Mornay and Nicole, phenomenal, amazing people opening up um, their spot uh, Journey Coffee Company, which got some great coffee, all kinds of good stuff going on there. They got a lot of cool events. Um, they opened it up. They let, they've let us do a couple of shows there before. And now we've booked out from spring through the summertime, uh, on the first Saturday, almost the first Saturday, I think May 11th in in the May show is the only one that's not the first Saturday, just because we had some other stuff going on. In any case, um, we got April 6th, May 11th, June 1st, July 6th, and August 3rd. Uh, we're going to have live guests. We're going to have Q and A's. We're going to party sober. Uh, so look out for info in the weeks to come. Uh, you can add those dates to your calendar. And then what I was going to say about Mornay and Nicole, I think, I believe it's going to be on the first show. I haven't, this isn't official yet, so don't nobody hold me to it. Um, but I think they're going to share some of their story. They're, they have a really amazing story of how they came together of entrepreneurship, a um, little bit of overcoming some challenges uh, and kind of where they're at today. Uh, we're also going to have some other guests, so be sure to look out for those, um, and you can look for the flyers up. We'll put them on Instagram, uh, probably attempt Twitter, all that good stuff. Um, so I also get a lot of questions about early sobriety. What do I do? Where do I go? Hey, how, do, how the fuck do I stay so- how do you How do you do that? How do you stay sober? How is that possible? Is it boring? Does it suck ass? What do I do? You know, here's the thing. I don't have all the answers. I said it once, I'll say it again. I don't know, but here's what I finally did. I know what worked for me. I take that back. I do know. I do know what worked for me. And so that's even some of the stuff we're going to talk about in this episode. But what I finally did, me and some of my closest friends and colleagues, we created a podcast video course. It's called How to Navigate the First 90 Days of Sobriety. You can get the course right now by going to thatsoberguy.com and you can click on Courses. Very simple. Check it out there. A lot of good people in it uh, talking about how they did things, how they failed at things, how they succeeded at things. What did that first 90 days of sobriety look like? How did I do it? How did they do it? How did he do it? How did she do it? A lot of good people in there, like I said. Um, and uh, man, I know that it has, uh, we've, we've gotten some great feedback from it, that it's really helping a lot of people. People are enjoying it. There's some comedy involved in it. Um well, not specific comedy, but just some realness, some funny stories, all that good stuff. How to navigate the first 90 days of sobriety. If you're interested in that, uh, one more time, check it out. That's soberguy.com. Click on courses. All right. Now, the last thing uh, before we get into today's, today's content, I wanted to let you know about Transitions Daily. Okay. This is just, uh, this is a homie plug right here for this because I use Transitions Daily 
on the daily. And here's what it is. It's a daily AA email. It's sent right to your inbox. It literally takes not even five minutes to read through, but it is a great way to start my day out. It's a great way to start your day out. It's a great way to start anybody's day out because there's, um, there's just some, some good motivation stuff. There's some stuff out of the big book. There's some spiritual stuff. Um, there is, uh, it, it's just something to help get your mind in the right order for the day. And it's delivered right to my inbox. It actually gets delivered the night before. I usually wake up the following morning and I, uh, I, I read it. That's one of the first things I do in the morning. So if you're interested in that, you can go to dailyaaemails.com. It's 100% free. Like I said, it's one of my favorite tools. Here's the other cool thing. They've also recently launched a podcast with it. So now they're having AA members read the Transitions Daily in a podcast format. So you can get up and uh, if you don't feel like reading it, throw the podcast on. Listen to it. It's a few minutes long. And uh, I think there's some folks from all over the world that are reading so you get some different uh, different cultures, different accents, different people, and we all have that one thing in common that we're trying to stay sober, we're trying to live a better lifestyle, and spread the word of recovery. So it's really a good thing. Um, and uh, let me give you that one more time. It's dailyaaemails.com. Uh, and then the podcast is in all the major podcast directories too. And uh, really proud of those guys for getting that together and getting it up moving um, and in that direction because it is really a great tool. All right, so... Let's jump right into this shit. How do you know if you have a problem with alcohol or drugs? Okay, here's the short answer. I don't know. I don't know if you have a problem anymore that I know that fucking Bigfoot exists. All right? Only you know that. Only you know that. But here's what I can share. Through some of my own experience, I'm going to try and give you some insight into what that was like for me, how I realized I had a problem. Um, and then what happened when I went to rehab and applied myself and hopefully through some of my own experience, something may speak to you or make sense. Maybe that's, that you're thinking about, um, that you're questioning that, uh, that makes sense to you. So first that's the question that I get a lot. Obviously the show is titled that. How do I know if I have a problem? Okay. Just said that. I don't know. Here's what I do know. I knew I had a problem for a long time. Okay, now the the fact of the level of drinking and drug use I was at, you know, sure you could say some people were way were way more severe and some people were way more mild. I was probably somewhere in the middle of that. The thing for me is I never had a DUI. I never I never I got arrested a few times. I never did jail time. You know, I I, I didn't um, lose my my job. I quit a lot of jobs. I wasn't a, a, a great employee a lot of the time. Um, you know, I didn't lose my family, my marriage. I almost did. I came extremely close to, to losing, you know, both of those, but I didn't. And so it was easy for me to justify the lifestyle that I was living, even though I was struggling to pay my bills. I was drunk and high all the time. I was acting a fool. I was emotionally unstable, financially unstable, um, pissed off, confused, insecure. I mean, go down the list of all the things that I was confused about and feeling and going through and just a, a complete mess. Um, next to that being that I didn't actually really have serious, serious consequences. It made it easy for me to say, I'm cool. I don't have a problem. I'm not like, 
you know, my homie over here who's had three, four DUIs or my other homie over here who's, who's locked up in jail right now or my other homie who is, you know, fired, can't get a job, won't get a job, you know, is bumming around sleeping on people's couches. Like, it, you know, you can always you can always say that person, I'm not as bad as that guy or that girl, you know, and, and so that's that's the 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 trickiness of the shit of the of the alcoholism of the drug use that's what it gets you like it, it it makes you believe that you're fine um you know one of the other things i wanted to mention in this too is what if you're a person who just wants to cut back and 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 you don't know if you even have a problem you know you're not really a severe drinking you're not drinking every day you're not doing that well cuz i get that question a lot too and the, the the problem with me trying to answer that is I can see it in some of my friends and some people that I've, I've talked to before, both inside the podcast and outside, just in regular life shit, you know, but I didn't really experience that myself. And so, well, at least towards the end, I definitely didn't because it was full. It was a full blown addiction by the end. Now, leading up to that in the first couple of years, yeah, I could probably say that like I could go, you know, the week you know, without, without drinking really. Um, now in the, in the last year or so, no, I couldn't, I was, it was every day. It progressed extremely fast, but leading up to that last year, yeah, I could go a few days. I could say, I'm not going to drink for a couple days. You know, I don't feel like it today and, and I'd be okay. You know, so I think there is those cases where, um, you know, maybe, maybe you're just drinking too much and you just want to cut back. You don't necessarily know if you have a problem or not. That's a tough thing. I don't have an answer for you for that. You know, that's only something that an individual knows if they have a problem, if they have a problem with alcoholism, with drug addiction. Um, you know, is it a substance? That, you know, and I, I just was talking about this recently about the difference between a substance use disorder um, and a substance abuse problem or substance abuse in general. And let me kind of clarify to, to my understanding of what that is. You know, a substance abuse problem is going to be something where um, I'm I'm drinking, you know, habitually. I'm getting I'm I'm getting drunk. I'm uh, I'm acting a fool. I'm using drugs. Um, it's an issue. It's it's definitely an issue, right? But at the same time, it's not affecting my everyday life. It's not really affecting my job. It's not really affecting my marriage, um, my daily day-to-day -day activities. Um, is it a problem? Absolutely. But I'm not dependent on it to where I can't function. Whereas substance use or substance use disorder is going to be more along the lines of this full-blown active addiction where like, I really can't do anything anymore until I'm high or until I'm intoxicated on alcohol or some sort of drug. Um, so why, why am I telling you this? Because number one, I think it's important to understand the difference between the two. And I may not be exactly on point on that. I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a professional on this. You know, this is really from personal experience and um, some things that I've, you know, learned and had conversations about. So forgive me if I'm a, if I'm not exactly on point on that. I know that's the general basis of it. Um, I'm sure there's more to it. You can probably definitely talk for, you know, hours on that topic alone and really dive deep into that. Uh, I'm not going to do that right now, but I do think it's important to understand, um, the general concept of it. And you can kind of ask yourself, well, where am I at with that? Am I, do I have a full blown 
addiction to something where I really can't function anymore without being intoxicated. I can't have fun anymore without being intoxicated. I can't go to a birthday party. I can't, um, you know, I can't go to work without being high or, or having alcohol before, during and after work. Uh, that was the point that it got to for me where I could not function anymore unless I was either smoking weed or drinking alcohol or taking pills or doing cocaine, like straight up. Um, and it was a buffet for me. So it could have been a number. It could have been any one or a number of all of them in one day. It just it, it depended on the day, depended on what was going on, depended on what I could get, what I had money to get. Um, it was a full-blown substance use disorder by the end for me. Um, I wanted to read something out of the big book here that I thought was interesting to kind to, to kind of, um, dive into this a little bit more from a 12 step point of view, uh, and, and, and maybe help somebody, um, maybe help somebody understand the question that is proposed to, to myself that was proposed to me for a very long time. And that is proposed to many other people on a daily basis, which is once again, how do, how do I know if I have a problem? Um, here's what the big book says, um, on page 30 to 31, I'm going to read a little bit of this and then, and then kind of dissect it a little bit from my perspective. Okay, it's and let me let me grab a quick uh, drink here. The voice is getting raspy. Totally off the topic, but I was just looking at um, my Instagram a little bit ago, and I follow Reverend Horton Heat on there, and he had a picture with the big ass clown. I said, "Who the hell is this dude?" Because he was interesting looking. He was huge. Puddles the clown. Some of you probably know who the hell Puddles the Clown is. I didn't know until um, just a little bit ago. So like always, when you find something interesting, now you start, or at least I do, I start diving into it. And I go, holy shit, man, this dude is a phenomenal musician. But the character of clowns are fucking scary. I don't care what anybody says. A clown is just creepy as shit. And at the same time, it's fascinating. And you want to watch more of it, but you, but you're scared and it's weird. And I don't know, man. Check Puddles the Clown out if if it interests you. Let me um where'd it go? Let me let me find it on uh on Instagram here really fast. I don't even know why the hell I'm doing this, but I am. Uh let's see. I might just have to search it. Let's just search it right now. Okay. Puddles. Puddles Pity Party. I think it's puddlespityparty.com. And then that's what I was looking at was I think he was on an Atlanta-based musician who was actually great on the local Atlanta scene, had a really big following, and then started doing the clown thing um, in like 2013, and just, it looks like he's blown up, and I'm looking at this thing, he's like, he's coming to Petaluma and Santa Cruz. I'm watching this video, I'm like, this is freaky as shit, and I want to see it at the same time. Maybe Reverend Horton Heat will play with him, that'd be badass. Maybe he just did, that's probably why I saw the picture. Anyways, I'm totally off the fucking topic now, which is normally what I do. So please forgive me. Big book, page 30 to 31. Here's what it says. Uh, when and, and back to the concept really quick. How do I know if I have a problem? Despite all we can say, many who are real alcoholics are not going to believe that they're in the class. 
by every form of self-deception and experimentation. They will try to prove themselves exceptions to the rule, therefore non-alcoholic. Did it for a long time. I'm not an alcoholic. I don't have a problem. Don't have an issue. I party. It's what I do. It's my lifestyle. Fuck off. Pretty much. If anyone who is showing inability to control his drinking can do the right about face and drink like a gentleman, our hats are off to him. Heaven knows we've tried hard enough and long enough to drink like other people did for a long time. And I would say in my own personal experience, I was successful at drinking like other people for a long time. I, in my 20s, I like to do drugs. I didn't really like to drink a whole lot. I didn't like to, you know, just get shit faced all the time and puke. Like I, I actually would drink a few drinks and then, you know, I could call it quits at some point. Now, eventually, like I mentioned earlier, it progressed into something that completely grabbed a hold of me like I never expected. Um, but at one point, yeah, I thought I could drink like a normal person. So it goes on to say, here are some of the methods that we've tried. Drinking beer only. Limiting the number of drinks. Never drinking alone. Never drinking in the morning. Drinking only at home. Never having it in the house. Never drinking during business hours. Drinking only at parties. Switching from scotch to brandy. Drinking only natural wines. Agreeing to resign if ever drunk on the job. Taking a trip. Not taking a trip. Swearing the shit off forever. With and without a solemn oath. Taking more physical exercise reading inspirational books, going to health farms and sanitarians, accepting voluntary commitment to asylums, we could increase the list ad to infinium. Infinium. I don't know if that's the right word. I think I jacked that up. Infinite. Basically saying the list goes on fucking forever. I got a dirty mouth tonight. My apologies if that bugs anybody. Um, it's one of those nights, I guess. We do not like to pronounce any individual as alcoholic, but you can quickly diagnose yourself. Exactly what I was talking about earlier. I don't know if you have a problem. Only you know. Here's what it ends with. Step over to the nearest bar room and try some controlled drinking. Try to drink and stop abruptly. Just try it. Try it more than once. It will not take long for you to decide if you are honest with yourself about it. It may be worth a bad case of jitters if you get a full knowledge of your condition. I think that's great right there. So for me, if it were me, if I was in that moment right now and I was really struggling out there and I was, maybe I'm even in rehab at this moment and I'm still questioning, do I really fucking have a problem? Like, why, the, why am I here? And I'm going to get into a story real quick about what happened to me when I first got into rehab that kind of goes there, you know, but if it were me right now and I was in that moment, I'll, I'm going to do just what the big book said. I'm going to try some controlled drinking. Let's try it out. Let's see if it works. Let's see if I can drink and stop. Let's see if I can stop for 30 days. Let's see if I can stop for 90 days. You know, let's just try it out. At least I'm going to be able to get a general understanding if it's a little bit more serious than my general denial or assessment leads me to believe. This stuff is tricky. It doesn't fuck around. It does not play. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't play or hate. <laughs> Just wanted to say that because it rhymes. Um, but it doesn't. It doesn't care if you're white, black, skinny, fat, gay, straight, woman, man, um, stupid, smart, asshole, 
nicest person in the world, doesn't give two shits about what you are, who you are, where you come from. It will take a hold of you extremely quick. And when you least expect it, I know that from personal experience because that's what happened to me. So try it. Try some controlled drinking. Go back and read a little bit of that again. I think that starts on page 29 through 32 or I don't know, 30 through 32, somewhere around there. If you want to look into that a little bit more, Um, if you haven't read the big book, whether it's NAAA, pick one of those up. Start diving into that shit. Obviously, if you're planning to work the steps, you're going to jump into that a little bit more. But I mean, there's so much great information and shit in there where you just go, wow, you know, there's stuff that you read in there that you didn't that you've read 20 times. And then all of a sudden you read it and and the light bulb goes off on the 21st time and you go, that's what they oh, wow. It's like, holy shit. Like, I never thought about it like that. And something clicks. So how did I realize I had a problem? Well, I knew I had a problem for a long time. I did. I knew I had a problem for a long, long time. And uh, it slowly got worse and it got worse and it got worse until it got so worse, so bad, so miserable in my own skin. I could not stand it anymore. I did not care if I lived or if I died straight up. Now, I want to clarify, I wasn't planning on taking my life or I wasn't suicidal. I wasn't anything like that. I just really didn't give a fuck if I care if I died or if I lived, I could care less. I drove one of the things I used to like to do. And I'm not bragging about this. It's moronic. And I feel stupid even admitting to it is I'd like to get really, really, really fucked up. And then I would drive home and I would drive super, super, super fast and crazy and just almost hope that I would crash and die. <laughs> so I don't know if you, and I laugh about that just because it's so ridiculous, but I just didn't care. Now I wasn't trying to cl- to crash and die. Okay. So I think that's how I can justify me saying I wasn't necessarily suicidal, but if I did crash and die, I just didn't really care, you know, or at least I thought I didn't in that moment, you know, that is the kind of madness that, and I had, you know, and it, it's very sad. I had a, a, a nice, um, beautiful wife and, and, and daughter at home at this time that I'm talking about, you know, when it just progressed to doing these types of things. Um, and I was a selfish prick. I just didn't, I didn't care. I had, I had no, only, only, only thoughts about myself, about how I was feeling, how I was being affected, what I was going through. It's such a selfish disease, addiction, alcoholism. And that's, that's what it does to you. So, when it was at that point, yes, I did start to realize that, man, this is more serious than I thought. This is more serious than I thought because I can't, it got to a point where I wasn't able to control it anymore. We talk about those things, you know, that I mentioned a little bit ago, trying to switch, you know, beers. I'll only smoke weed. I'm not going to drink. I'm only going to drink. I'm not going to smoke weed. I'm not going to drink hard alcohol. I only drink on the weekends. Um, all those types of justifying behaviors to help justify our drinking and to prove to ourselves that we don't have an issue. I got to a point where I couldn't really do that anymore because I was drinking daily and there was no denying that I had a problem when I was getting wasted at at work, uh, showing up to work, throwing up in my mouth and then swallowing it because I didn't want to waste the alcohol before I went into work. That was the other kind of madness shit, you know? So no, I didn't get in any trouble immediately from that. I didn't get pulled over on the way. 
you know, or hurt anybody. But at the same time, it was pretty evident at some point that I had an issue. That may be easier for some people who have had it worse. It may be harder for some people who haven't taken it to that far. Maybe you're not drinking at work, but you're just excessively drinking at home after work or whatever the case in point. Back to the original thing, only you know if you have a problem, you could feel that inside and I could feel it. I could feel that I had a problem. It was um, it was very evident to me and it wasn't more, it was less of a knowledge thing and more of a feeling in my gut is the best way that I can describe it. And I also had a feeling in my gut that if I didn't get some help, something very, very bad was about to happen. Something very bad. Like I had that intuition uh, and I had it at that time. And that's really what motivated me to take the next step to, uh, you know, to, to really go full force and say, I need to go to rehab. And I, I, I am an alcoholic. I'm an addict. I need some help. Um, so what happened when I went to rehab? I, I think that's a question that I get a lot too. Like what was rehab like? I think I've done an episode and maybe I should probably redo this soon. I'm not going to do it now. Um, I did a, an episode a while back, somewhere in the 100s. I don't remember the number, but it says, what is rehab like? Or that was what it was titled. So if you go back and find that, you can hear a little bit about the experience on what that was like for me. Um, I wanted to tell a quick story about what it was like in those first couple nights. So as I got in there, you know, you're, I was confused. I, I didn't really know if I needed to be there, but I knew I needed to be there at the same time. So I guess that's where the confusion comes in about three days in two. Was it the second night or the third night? I don't know. One of the first couple of days I, I remember so clearly I was, I was in the detox room because for the first week you sleep in a detox room, usually with some other people who are also detoxing off whatever it is they're on. Um, not the most comfortable situation to be in, especially if you're an isolation King, like I am. And like I was at the time, I want my own space. I want my own shit. I don't want to do Coke with anybody. Cause I want to do it all for myself. I don't want to drink with anybody. Cause I want to drink it all myself. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'll just sit here and talk to myself, you know? So then take that mentality and be thrown and be miserable and pissed off and all that. And then be thrown into a room full of a bunch of other people who are like that detox room, not the most comfortable spot for the first few nights. So as I, uh, get out of the detox room in the evening time to go take a shower in the, uh, in the, uh, bathroom there, I think it was a single bathroom with a shower in this specific one, uh, area that I was in across from the detox room. And I remember being butt ass naked, laying on the floor, curled up in a ball, crying like a, like a baby asking God, how in the shit I got here? How did I get here? Why am I here? How could this be happening to me? What did I do? You know, what did I do to deserve this? How did I fuck my life up this bad to end up in rehab? couple things on that. When I look back now, you know, God, thank God I was in rehab. Thank God I only had to go to rehab. Thank God I didn't kill somebody or kill myself or, um, you know, thank God my wife was still sticking by my side at the time. Thank God I had my mom and my family, my extended family supporting me being there. I mean, there's so much stuff to be grateful for. At the time, couldn't see any of that shit. And I don't fault myself for that. I was in a completely different state of mind. But I was um, going through not only a physical detox from drugs and alcohol, I was also going through an emotional detox. I had been numb for so long. You know, I'd been numb for so, so long about trying to feel anything really 
Um, and if I did feel stuff, it was a complete puke of emotions everywhere. So I sit there for a minute and I go, how did I get here? You know, why is this happening? The poor me, the pity party starts. Um, you know, I think I prayed a little bit, asked God for guidance and for help. And please just let me get through this. And I promise I'm going to change and all that shit. And um, I finally ended up going in and I was so, I remember being so exhausted that night that I actually got a somewhat decent night's sleep because the first two nights I didn't sleep at all because of just did adrenaline and, un, you know, unknowing like what was going on and all that stuff. So I, uh, I go to bed finally. And in the, the next morning, um, the next morning I, I get up and I don't remember if I was outside or if we were eating breakfast, but so, somebody said to me, um, you know, Hey, uh, there's a comedian coming tonight. And I said, a comedian, like, what do you mean? You know, that, that's, what do you mean a comedian? I didn't really understand. I said, well, no, he's a comedian, but he also comes here and he works with us. He's going to work with, um, he's going to work with us in here. He's going to, he's going to talk to us about recovery. He's going to share. He's got, he shares some funny stories. He really works one-on-one with people. He calls people. He's very intuitive. Um, and he's going to come and he's going to be here all day. And I said, okay, uh, that sounds awesome. Like, let's do it. Can't wait to see who, who this guy is and, and what it's about. And, um, you know, and I think that was, I think he was coming the next day. I think maybe it wasn't that day. I don't know, but I remember in a moment there, um, thinking to myself, like, I'm going to utilize this time the best that I can. I, I kind of made a commitment in, in somewhere right around there in the first couple days. And for some reason, it's ringing a bell around learning about the comedian whose name is Mark Lundholm coming. Um, and, and so Mark gets here a couple days or the next day or whatever day it was, um, and I know I'm kind of all over the place. I didn't, I'm not, I don't have notes on this. I have a couple like little, very minimum notes just to remind me. And so I'm, I'm really just speaking right from the heart and off the top of my head. So forgive me on that. Um, but he gets there and I'm like, funk, fuck, whatever. I'm trying dude, what is going on right now? I'm like, just like a tripper right now. I feel like a fucking tripper. Who's a tripper? You're a tripper. I'm a tripper. I'm a tripper for sure. I'm kind of tripping right now because I'm my mind is like racing right now. It's going crazy. See, my mind is still fucking crazy. After like five years of this shit, of this recovery stuff. Recovery. I'm in recovery. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but it gets old sometimes. I'm totally grateful and glad I'm in recovery for life. For life, son. Por vida loca. Ese. I see Holmes. Chingon. What the fuck? What's going on? <laughs> I swear to God, I'm completely sober right now, people. I promise. I promise, but it's late and I'm tired. I was a fucking sponge in rehab. Here's what I want to drive home for you, okay? Here's what I want to drive home. I was a sponge. Straight to the point. I wanted it more than anything I had ever wanted before. I wanted to get sober. I wanted to stay sober. I wanted to change my life because I knew God had more for my life. Straight up. And when Mark Lundholm got up and he started speaking and he started working the room, he started going around and he started pouring emotion and, 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 um, inspiration and sharing a little bit, something happened to me in that moment. 
It was my second spiritual awakening that I got. And something spoke to me. God, I think it was God. I That's how I took it. It was definitely something higher than me. It wasn't anything that I had ever experienced in, in a moment like that. And it said to me, you're going to do what he does. And I went, what the fuck? I'm going to do what he does. I'm not a comedian. I'm not funny. Like, I'm not, I don't speak to people. Like, hell, you're tripping. And then all of a sudden I snapped out of it and it just said it again. You're going to do what he does. So listen and, and do what you're told in here and soak it up. I got a plan for you. Straight up. I heard that shit with my own mind and ears in that moment. Now, fast forward to today. I know now today that that's what that meant is that there was a plan for me. There was a plan for me to continue on and to go full-fledged into recovery and share what I had been through growing up, what I had been through going to rehab, what I had been through trying to be a good father, trying to be a good husband, trying to be a good friend, learning this thing called life, learning this thing called life. It it didn't mean I was going to be a comedian. I'm not funny. Mark Lundholm's fucking hilarious. It just meant that I was going to, there was a purpose for me to, to pay attention. There was a reason. That's what it did. It gave me a reason. It gave me hope. It gave me a purpose that I was going all in on this shit. I wasn't going to live like I was living before. I wasn't going back to that. I'm all in. Here's my chips. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. That's it. Once I committed to that, once I committed to that, it was over. Because I I did I wasn't looking back. I'm still not looking back. And I'm taking it one day at a time. I ain't getting cocky by any means. I'm, I'm, I'm staying in my lane. I'm doing the next right thing. I'm keeping my side of the street clean. All the cliche hearings uh, or uh, cliche sayings that we hear, I'm doing that. I'm at least doing my best at it. And I'm aware of it. I'm also very aware, like I said before, the shit's tricky. And just when you think you got it figured out, you're fucked. So I'm... I keep that on the daily as a reminder. I don't ever have it figured out. I'm never going to arrive. This is a lifelong thing. And it's so much less for me today about drinking and using drugs as it is about trying to live how to trying to learn how to live life. That's where it's at. That's where my 12 step at. That's where my mentorships are at. That's where my relationships are at. That's where my work is at my marriage, my uh, duties as a father. Uh, my duties as a son, as a as a brother, as a as a friend, all as a as a man um, who who loves God, like I try to do my best in all those things, and that's what recovery is about. It's not just about me not drinking. It is, yeah, it's obvious, okay. But there's so much more, and I try to. I just wish I I wish people could understand that more. I think if I'm speaking really from my heart, I wish people could understand when they hear about a 12 step or, or a a recovery meeting or, or a program or rehab or anything, man, we all have trauma shit that's happened to us. We all have something bad that's happened to us at one point. And some are, are, are way down and they're not that bad, but they're bad. You know, maybe it's some, some shit. You had a kind of a jacked up childhood. Maybe your, your mom or your dad wasn't around, you know, maybe something like that all the way up to the top of like abuse and, and, and death. And, you know, just the, the weirdest, darkest shit that you could even imagine. And, and then there's everything in between that. My point is, is that we all have something that has affected us either as a child, as a young adult, or as an adult. 
And that is what working some sort of spiritual program, even if it's just a meditation yoga thing, it maybe I'm not, it doesn't have to be a 12 step. It just, this is about learning how to live my friends. That's it. That's all I'm trying to say. It's not just about drugs. It's not just about alcohol. That shit is the tool that I use to deal with all the shit. I don't know how to fucking deal with. Know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? Do you feel me? Can you feel me? I said I'm doing what I got to do, staying true to the crew. Can you feel me? I said I'm deep down and dirty. I grew up hella early. (laughs) Holy shit, dude. Shane Raymer, you're fucking insane. Can you name that tune? Can we talk about some Bay Area hip-hop? A little Drew Down. Who knows about Drew Down? knows about some bay area shit some mac mall some mac dre e40 too short who knows about that it's a different breed out here it's a different game son i'm not even hard i'm fucking from vacaville okay give me a break (laughs) i like to have some fun though that's for sure so i knew god had more for my life i knew mark lundholm had a big part of that let me tell you real quick uh a, a quick story um and i You know, did I share this on a podcast or did I tell someone about this? I apologize if I shared this on a previous podcast. I think I may have. Um, But recently I mentioned in the the, uh, announcements that we're going to be at the Foundations Conference in, in, uh, in April, just in a few weeks. And Carly from Foundations, who's awesome, by the way, who I, I know I mentioned that before because she is, and the whole team. She she sent me a message. She goes, hey, you want to open up and um, and introduce uh, this guy named Mark Lundholm? I don't know if you know him or whatever, but he, apparently he's a really great comedian. He works a lot of our treatment centers. Um, you know, let me know if that's something you're interested in. It's all good if not. And I go, holy shit. So you're telling me that I meet this guy, Mark Lundholm, in rehab when I'm a complete disaster. I have no clue what's going on in my life. Um, the whole world's crashing down on me, so it feels like. Um, Fast forward five years ahead in my recovery, and now you're asking me if I know him and if I'd like to uh, to open up for him. So you want to talk about coming back full circle and having that spiritual moment when God says, hey, do what's right, soak it in. You're going to do what he does. I got a plan for you, and then now I'm going to get to do that. So, you know, here's what I know. Okay, here's what I know. I know my experience. And I've had a lot of doubt. I've had a lot of question. I've had a lot of insecurity, a lot of concern about a lot of things, including God at some point in my life, even as of recently, because my ass likes to get in and dig and try to question, which I think is a healthy thing. I'm a very independent thinker, free-minded thinker. I don't care what you tell me. I'm going to go look it up for myself. I don't care, you know, what the general consensus is and everyone's going and doing one thing. I'm going to go look at the opposite thing and see if that really stands up. It's just in my nature to do so. And it's something that I actually, I think it's a good thing. It's also, it can also be very detrimental to my health sometimes mentally, because I, I question things so much. Sometimes I can freak myself out. And even when it comes to God, you know, where did, what about before the Bible? Well, what happened before that? You know, well, what about if the dinosaurs were millions of years old and we found fossils, you know, why doesn't, how, how could the Bible only be 6,000 years old or whatever? What about, 
You know, what about the uh, Phoenicians? Like, what? Okay, so I'm going to just stop right there. But that is the kind of shit that I go down that path. Okay, and here's what I know. I don't know any of that. Sure, there. I, I take that back. I do know some of it. I actually know a bit about the history of that from what I have researched. Am I ever going to know the exact 100% truth on that? No, I'm not. And I can dig and go down rabbit holes for a long, 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 long time, which I've done in other aspects of that. Here's what I do know, 100%. I know my experience. I know that I had a spiritual moment, a spiritual awakening when I found a Bible in the middle of the road the day before I was leaving to rehab and everything was telling me, don't go, you don't have a problem. And then I ended up finding this Bible in this weird, crazy moment when I walked past it and I turned around and walked back and picked it up and it just said, go, you're doing the right thing. I got you. That was a moment. I know my experience when I sat in rehab and I had a moment when Mark Lundholm was there and he said, hey, you know, I heard it clear. You're going to do what he does. I got you like soak this shit in and take it in because I got a plan for your life. I experienced that. Those are just two of the many things that I've experienced. And here's what I'm getting at with this. You only know your experience. I only know my experience. I only know if I have a problem. You only know if you have a problem. You only know if you want to get help for it. You know, if you don't, you know, if you're one foot in one foot out, you know, you know that shit in your gut, whether you want to admit it or not. I knew it for a long time. I just didn't have the balls to admit it and to fess up to it and face it like a fucking man or a woman. If you're a woman, no offense. I'm just saying you're a person. The hell was that? I'd be tripping out out here sometimes, dude. I swear. I swear you probably, y'all probably think I'm on drugs tonight. I promise you I'm not. But this is a weird, creepy night tonight. Ooh. <laughs> oh man, dude. But you know, you know what I'm saying. Okay. You know, if you got a problem straight up. All right. So I want to get into what, when I got home, what did that look like? What did aftercare look like? Okay. We talk about 90 and 90 a lot. Um, 90 and 90. If you're not familiar with what that is, they recommend you go to 90 meetings in 90 days. So you get home, you hit a meeting every day, go to a meeting. Go to a meeting every day, stay plugged in, find a sponsor, um, pick up a, some service work if you can do that. Stay busy, but don't say don't you know intentionally stay so busy that you're just busy and you're not working the pro uh, any type of program and staying dialed in to your recovery. You're just busy. That's that's not good either. You just need you, you. Here's another good point to that you know what you need to do. And if you don't know what you need to do, ask somebody, get some help. And if you still don't know what you need to do, you probably don't want to do what you know you need to do. So maybe you're not ready yet. So go back out and try some controlled drinking. <laughs> I'm not recommending that, by the way, either. Well, the uh, podcaster clearly stated that I should go out and enjoy some drinking and try to drive home drunk and then. Don't do that. Okay. Not recommending that shit. All I'm saying is, you know, if you're ready, you know, if you're not ready, nobody else knows it. I feel like a broken record. I've said it too many times now. So a couple things. Thank you to my family, to my friends, um, to professionals who helped me along the way. My sponsor, 
Thank you, everybody, my wife, my in-laws, my mom. I mean, I can go down the list. Seth, um, all my homies, you know who you are. I'm not going to go down the list. There's too many of you guys, but you all know who you've played some sort of role in my life uh, through recovery or just in general even before that. Why am I saying that? Number one, because I want to thank everybody. Number two, a support system for you um, is going to be like top priority. It's going to be the the deal breaker if you're successful or not. And this goes for anybody who, even if you're listening to this and you just feel like you want to cut back a little bit, maybe you don't think you have a problem. Maybe you, you don't, maybe you don't, I don't, I don't know. Whatever it is, a support system is going to be crucial. So if you, if you're just somebody who wants to cut back a little bit, you know, you just want to, you just want to kind of chill out. You know, what does your support system look like? Maybe you don't think you want to go to 12 step meetings. I don't know. I don't really fucking care. It's not my life. You know what I'm saying? But whatever it is, is you got to find something to replace those old habits, you know, of the, the hanging out at bars, hanging out, drinking, having drinks with the buddies, playing poker and drink. I mean, there's all those things that we do going to the game and drinking. You see how there's, there's a, there's a pattern there. Even if a lot of us, you know, for me and a lot of my homies, we didn't have, or who, who don't necessarily maybe don't have a problem or don't think they have a problem or don't know if they have a problem, whatever, it becomes very common. It becomes very, um, uh, very regular. It's the, it's, I, I think the right term is a normalcy bias. I always love that term because it makes me sound intelligent. You have a very normalcy bias of your drinking habits. Why don't you, sir? But you do. You get caught up in that. And it's just, it's normal. Everything revolves around it. And so maybe that's the issue. But whatever it is, only you know, only you can fix it. And support is going to be a huge part of that. So what do I do to stay sober today? What do I do to stay sober today? This is this is the last one, and then we're going to wrap this thing up on this weird-ass podcast that is really fucked off, but I don't even care. What do I do? Okay, I podcast, obviously. I'm doing a podcast right now. I underestimate, and I, uh, I underestimated, and I still underestimate how big the podcast has had an effect on my recovery and driven me to stay sober. It's not so much just the podcast itself. It is the act of doing it and being committed to it and being passionate about it and having fun doing it, if that makes sense. So I'm not saying that somebody out there needs to go start a podcast. There's fucking plenty of them right now. Trust me, Um, which is awesome, by the way. But whatever it is that you do, have fun doing it. Be passionate about it have it be some kind of service. And I think with those three things, passion, service, and fun, you can really find something that can help motivate you to stay sober. Okay. That's number one, a sponsor. What do I do to stay sober? I have a sponsor. It what it didn't work out perfect for me either. I didn't have, I had a couple of temporary sponsors the first couple of years. Um, you know, and, and it didn't, I wasn't ready. It wasn't them. It wasn't anything. I knew what I was supposed to, back to my point earlier, I knew what I was supposed to do. I just wasn't ready to do what I knew I was supposed to do. 
I drink loud. Jess gets mad. We'll be sitting at dinner and I drink. Gulp. I don't even know how to do it. Let's just try it. Let's try it right now. Did you hear that? It was kind of loud. If you haven't turned this off yet, fuck you. That was from my homeboy, Chris Elliott. He used to call me sometimes and I'd answer. I'd say hello and he'd go, fuck you. And he'd hang up. <laughs> Asshole. Um, but hilarious at the same time. Love him. But a sponsor, okay? Let's get back to it. A sponsor. How important is a sponsor? So important. Buddy, thank you. Buddy found me in a sense, I guess. We found each other. God, Let me just take that back. God definitely made a connection on that. Total God thing. You got to find a sponsor. Actually, I don't know what you need to do. Let me take that back. Always try to not say that. Sometimes it slips out. I don't know what you need to do. I know what I needed to do. I needed a sponsor. And it wasn't until I got a sponsor and a mentor and a friend and all that shit. And and Buddy is my main sponsor. But I also have other mentors and, and homies and people that I look up to and that I trust and that I confide in. You need to have a team around you in that. I have a team around me. Okay, and that's that really helps big time. You know, it really helps big time. Um, it, it's not just recovery stuff. It's life stuff, financial stuff, um, marriage stuff, fatherhood stuff. I mean, all of the stuff that life throws at us, man, you got to have a team around you to help support you through that shit. I tried to do it for so long alone with drugs and alcohol as my support system to help get me through. It doesn't fucking work. It doesn't work. It leaves you alone, isolated, and miserable. At least that's where it left me. At least I've seen it uh, leave a lot of other motherfuckers the same way. Alone, isolated, miserable, angry, resentful, vengeful, victimized. The list goes on. You need a team around you. Okay, there I go again. I don't know what you need. I needed a team around me. I continue to need a team around me. I go to meetings. It's another one. How do I stay sober today? I go to meetings. Do I go every day? I don't. I don't have time to go every day. I don't care. That's the next. I, I literally don't have time to go to a meeting every day. Do I have time to go to a meeting once a week? Absolutely. Absolutely. I have to. It's imperative. At least once a week, if not more. And uh, guess who encouraged me to do that? More. And held me accountable. My sponsor. Okay? Another reason a sponsor has been crucial for me. Does it look exactly what he wants it to look like or I think it should look like? No. Not perfect. But I'm staying plugged in. And that's the most important thing. Go to meetings. You know, especially in the beginning. Do 90 and 90. One of my homeboys... Uh, Sean, I mentioned last week doing 90 and 90 right now. I don't know. He's probably not doing it. Perfect. A lot of people don't. Most people don't, you know, some people do. It's awesome. But point being is we're not perfect and you got to be graceful on it. So go to as many meetings as you can in 90 days. That's what I did. I went to a lot. I didn't go to 90 and 90 did the best I could. I went to a lot of meetings, you know, the, the, those first, you know, first 30 days, first 60 days, first 90 days are crucial. Got to get plugged in. So meetings, pick up some service, make coffee. Um, I did media at CR all last year. That really helped for my accountability. I had to be there. I wanted to be there. I showed up. You know, that was huge. I took on a commitment in that time. 
You know, and shit changes sometimes, you know, shit changes. We got different seasons in our life, different chapters in the book where we move on. We leave old things behind. We try out new shit. It's fine. But just do something in that moment. And service is a really great way to get out of your own head. Another one, how do I stay sober? I have fun. I have fun. I'll laugh. I smile. Don't take shit so serious. Rule 62, don't take yourself so damn serious. I always remember Seth asking me that at one point. Hey, bro, is it really that serious? You know, and I think that's something that I have to ask myself often when I start getting all up in my own head. You know, is it really that serious? Not really. Like, that's just stupid. Why am I pissed off about that? Let's laugh. Let's have a good time. This life's short. Have fun. Have fun. If you're not having fun right now, go have some fun, please, for me, for yourself. Go have some fun. This life's too short to be tripping on dumb shit. Meditate and pray. Another one. How do I stay sober? Meditate and pray. What do I do to stay sober? I meditate and I pray. Does it look exactly what I think it should look like? No. It's because I'm my own worst enemy, my own worst critic. But I try. Try my best and it helps out a lot. Staying fit. Another one. Exercise. Even walking. I'm not perfect at this one either. I'm not in the most, I'm not ripped and in phenomenal shape. I'm also not in like that bad of shape either. Probably somewhere in the middle. And that's getting better. But I'm very active. Even if it's just walking. It's walking, you know, the walking the dog around the block, even. You know, whatever it is, taking a jog. I'm taking an old jog. I'm doing this new thing. It's called jogging. Ever heard of it? Take a jog. Do some push-ups. Get those endorphins flowing. Dude, I had I had a kick-ass workout today. I was telling Jess afterwards, we both did it together this morning before we got going for the day. And, uh, dude, I was so high. It was crazy. Like, I haven't felt high like that since I used to get high. And th- this workout was so intense and just, like, had my blood and sweating and shit like I... My endorphins were going and I was just like, whoa, it was insane. It was the best feeling ever, but it was natural. I wasn't intoxicated high. I just felt great. And that kind of, I mean, that thing is addicting in itself and it's a good addicting. It's a good feeling like that to get that moving all natural. Um, Another thing I want to mention too, a a couple more things. And I know I said this before, I'm going to say it again. We're going to wrap this up in just a minute, but love others where they're at. Love others where they're at. That's really one thing I'm working on is loving other people, my friends, my family, right where they're at. Uh, Whether or not I think they should be somewhere else or should be further, they need to slow down or they need to speed up or whatever. Who cares what I think anyone else needs? They don't fucking care. And why should I care? I should just love them right where they're at. I'm not any worse than them. I'm not any better than them. I'm not anything, any whatever, any fucking shit, bitch, slut, cunt, liquor, pussy, fuck. (laughs) Oh my God, dude. I apologize. Those were terrible words out of my mouth. What is happening? But I'm not. That's all I'm saying. Like, I just, I don't, um, I'm not a very good representative of being a decent human being right now. My mouth is a bad example of that. I would never let my let my mother, my kids hear that, even though my mom listens to the podcast and she probably is listening to it right now and I apologize. Mother, forgive me. 
Forgive me for my terrible foul mouth. But just to justify it real quick, I that's just what gets sent to my brain and it comes out of my mouth. I don't know how to control it sometimes. But love others where they're at. Love them where they're at. Straight up. And I'm not telling you this. I'm telling myself this. And uh, it's a tough thing to do when we have people that we love that are, are not making good decisions in life. Um, but it's not for us to judge or to worry about or to try to fix. We just need to love them. And we can love them from a distance. That's one thing I'm learning and working on too. We can love them from a distance. And most of the shit that I say, that person pisses me off or he or she does this and they're this or they're that. Because I, I go there sometimes. It's not them, it's me. It's not them, it's me. I'm the one doing that. I'm the one making that stuff up. Nobody can make me feel any any certain way but me. I'm the only one. I I allow somebody, you know, to to make me feel pissed off. That's on me. Straight up. So that's something I'm still working on and it's a big thing. Um and then stay stay available, you know, stay available, be open to 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 serving, to doing new things, to to being a um of service to others and to just people in general, don't be a dick. It's not really that hard. Um, and be at ease with myself just the way I am as one of my favorite, uh, meditation sessions that I've mentioned many times that Noah Levine does on, um, meditation studio app. Great app, by the way, if you're looking for a meditation app, uh, they're not a sponsor or anything. I just personally use it and I love it. Um, but be at ease with yourself just the way you are in this moment. I'm right where I'm supposed to be right now. You're right where you're supposed to be right now. Uh, and if you can, if you can um, understand that, you know, if we can all understand that together, that we're right where we're supposed to be, man, we get a lot. There's a lot of peace in that. I love you guys again. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, once again, big thanks to humans. We love those guys. Check out humans music if you haven't already. Peace, love, and respect. Your blood clean. I've been trying to keep my head on straight. I've been trying to keep my head on straight. You still say that I don't know anything about you. Oh, I don't know anything about you. But I know what you do in the back room And you still say that I don't know anything about you